Well, it's my great pleasure to welcome Boyd Ratnaraja to the Discipleship for Busy Blokes podcast. Welcome along, Boyd. Fantastic, Nick. Awesome to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm honoured. Have I got the time wrong? No, no, no. Are you sure? It's all good. No problem at all. It's all good. Perfect time. Are you sure? Because I I think I heard you say 7 a.m., not 9 a.m. Yeah, but that's... that's (laughs) Oh, mate. I'm so sorry. (laughs) You are super gracious. Oh, dear. What a doofus I am. All good. Mate, I'm sorry. I think think you're 11 hours ahead, not 13. So that... Yeah. It's because it's uh, half past eight over here, or 25 past eight. So... You're no, so I'm gracious. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to do it now. All you're, good. You're as very, very kind. I'm helpful and uh, as long as I'm helpful. And you're you're super helpful. Boyd, you're just a legend. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, uh, so uh, <laughs> would you just take a moment to briefly introduce yourself to our listeners? Just say uh, who you are, a little bit about your family. Is that okay? Sure. Yeah, love to. Um, firstly, I want to say greetings from New Zealand. It's a beautiful day. And um, I live in Auckland. I'm married to Sharon. We've been married for... Uh, 11 years and we have two boys Joshua who is six he'll be turning seven very soon and Jackson who's who's just turned one I'm originally from um, Sri Lanka but moved to New Zealand about 22 years ago so yeah I've got married here and um, love loving life here in New Zealand now I spotted a wonderful picture on your Facebook of I think it's your youngest son he seems to be fascinated with yeah. kitchen appliances is that right Absolutely. Um, my oldest boy, um, Joshua, he's into computers and technology, but my youngest boy, he just loves the vacuum cleaner, uh, the dishwasher. The other day we were trying to watch TV and he was trying to you know, make a bit of noise and stuff. So I brought the vacuum cleaner and gave it to him. He was a happy boy. I mean, for the next half an hour, he was quiet, just obsessed with it. So I hope he loves vacuuming when he's a teenager. I know this is this is a love affair that we want to continue, isn't it? Really, I know, I know. We're going to spend time in the laundry this week so that he gets used to the washing machine. Uh, then I've covered everything. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Uh, are you a twin? I seem to remember when you preached once, you talked yes. about having a twin brother. Yeah, I have. Um, I have three brothers, and and my twin, his name is Lloyd. Um, so I'm Boyd and his Lloyd, and we used to confuse a whole lot of people. He goes to our church. He's in the worship team. He's been part of our church for uh, for a long time, and people still don't know that I have a twin. So they think I play the bass guitar uh, and preach, and they think I'm this multi-talented guy, but I honestly can't play the bass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. And you told – I remember another great story you told once. Your preaching is just filled with great stories from your past. Um, you, I think you ba- you baptized your uh, twin brother at one time yes, when you were a kid, yeah. didn't you? Yeah, I always always wanted to be a pastor from a young age. So I remember um, going to church and I saw my pastor at church. They had these baptisms. I've never seen anything like this before. Uh, we, we may have been five or six years old at that time. I was just like blown away. So I said to my brother, because we used to play church um, at home in the afternoons on Sundays. And I said to him, we need to have baptism services. So my mum and dad had this massive fish tank. Uh, it was the size of a bathtub. It was massive. Um, so, yeah, I told him um, we're going to have baptism services. I used to have all the neighbors' kids. They would come to our church service. Um, there were about seven or eight of them. We used to play church and asked who wanted to be baptized. Nobody wanted to get baptized, so I forced my brother to put his hand up. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I was like, I see that hand. 
I see that hand, you know, every, every preacher wants to say those words when they hand do. goes up. I go up on Sunday. So I was like, oh, I see that hand. I mean, it was just my brother. So I baptized him about five or six times because I wanted to do, um, I'll do my pastor uh, in the morning services. So, yeah, we I baptized him. And the poor guy, I mean, he went through a lot um, because I, I, I basically practiced uh, pastoring on my twin brother. That's just uh, wonderful that he's uh, still in your church today. I know he's brave. He's a brave man. He's a brave man indeed. <laughs> just tell us a little bit about your your church, and you're a pastor there. Uh, tell us maybe you know yep. some of the things you're planning for or you're building a ministry towards. Just talk us through that. Yep. So I'm I'm part of um, Elam Christian Centre uh, in Auckland. Um, it has been um, in, in New Zealand for. Over 34 years, Pastor Luke Bro planted the church um, in East Auckland today. Uh, Elam Christian Centre is now uh, eight campuses. Um, we're one church that meets in uh, that meet in eight locations. So I look after one of the locations. Um, so I've been based there for 11, 11 years there, but I also lead the Elam movement uh, in New Zealand. Uh, we have 38 churches. Um, so love that we're part of the Elam global family. And uh, yeah, so our, our church is multicultural, very similar to BCC. That's what I loved about BCC. It, it reminded me a lot uh, of our church, um, uh, many nations, and um, we have a Christian school. It would be the leading Christian school in our nation. Um, and uh, we've seen incredible things happen through our Christian school here. We have we have had many amazing leaders that are doing great things for God now that have come out of the uh, our Christian college. So, yeah, so I've been part of this church for many, many years now and a part of Elam here in, in um, New Zealand. You wouldn't believe this, Nick. Um, before I moved to New Zealand, my mum and dad uh, led a um, an orphanage in Sri Lanka and, and that orphanage was called Elam, but it had nothing to do with Elam in the UK or in New Zealand or any other part of the world. Um, and so when we came to New Zealand, I remember walking into this church and it just felt like home straight away. Uh, we hadn't even been inside the church, hadn't even listened to a, a sermon or, or, or the music or anything, but it just felt home. And we were like, what's the name of this church? Then we looked at the name of the church. It was Elam. It uh, felt like home straight away. So, yeah, been part of that since day one. So that's, that's us uh, in Auckland. That's an incredible story. And um, I know what you mean about feeling like at home. When you came to BCC, to be honest, you felt like a member yeah. of staff. You know, you felt like you just fitted right in. It was fantastic. I love BCC, I think. Uh, to be honest, when I, I was honoured uh, to be asked to speak there, but I, I had no idea about Pastor Mark or yourself or anything about BCC. But the moment I walked in, I remember, the, I think it was Pentecost Sunday, the first time I preached there. Oh, yeah. man, I love that church. Just the nations and just the, the atmosphere, the friendliness of the church. I mean, if I lived in Birmingham, I'll go to that church. That's for sure. There's a great verse in Isaiah, and I can't remember where it is, but it says something about God places us in families. And I really think that's true. Yeah. You know, you, we have our, you know, our local church is obviously like our, our home family, as it were. But I also think, you know, yeah. Elim, Elim as a movement has quite a strong family yeah. feel. And wherever you go yeah, around absolutely. the world, there's that kindred spirit, isn't there? Absolutely. The Bible says church is a family, and uh, I think church should feel like a family. It doesn't matter what part of the world or what denomination or movement you belong to. Um, and we have a, I know, I know many churches do this. We have this um, uh, at our church, you know, all across 
our churches, in our buildings, we have this saying, welcome home. Because when people come to church, whether they're coming back to church or it's their first time or their regular attendance, we just want to remind them every single day that church is a family, it's a home to belong to, to be part of. That's, that's just such a great, uh, such a great idea. And you know, for any of the guys listening, uh, you know, if you're not part of a church, we just really encourage you to get connected into a church because that sense of belonging really just yeah. ramps up so much, doesn't it? Absolutely. I noticed from your uh, social media, Boyd, that um, in yeah. New Ze- in New Zealand, you're doing a kind of 21 days of prayer. Talk us through that a little bit. What What are your hopes for that? What are you trying to sort of seal in prayer? Twice a year, um, as a movement, we come together, all our churches across our nation, uh, all the Elam churches, the national leadership team, we really felt that we want to be a movement built on prayer. We've always been about prayer. And I really believe prayer is the key to anything that we want to see um, happen. Uh, We want God to move. We need to pray. And um, I really believe, especially right now, what's happening globally um, with COVID. um, I don't think COVID is just, you know, happening in the UK or in New Zealand. I mean, this is a global crisis. But I really believe that prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. Uh, you know, we've heard that saying many times, and I really believe that this is the time for the church to come together to pray, uh, to pray for our nation, the nations of the world. Uh, and more than anything, I just believe that prayer unites us together. Uh, it brings us on the same page. Um, it brings clarity and focus. So we really felt that we needed to pray not only for our nation, but the nations of the world and what is happening in the world. I really believe because uh, the Bible says, you know, if my people who are called by myself will humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways and pray and seek my face, I'll heal their land. I really believe prayer. Uh, I think every church, every every denomination, every movement, it's just exciting to see. I've never seen prayer like this uh, mobilized uh, across the world like never before. What would you say to a gent who is feeling a l- kind of a bit downcast in his prayer life? He wants to get it going again, yeah. but he's not sure how. Where would he start? What, what sort of pastoral yeah. advice would you give him? That's a great question, um, Nick, because I think a lot of the times when we tell people to pray, automatically people think, oh, I've got to pray for an hour or two. Um, and then people start and they get discouraged. Do you know what I mean? Um, because they can't do it for an hour and they get discouraged. I personally think start where you are right now, even if it is five minutes just pray for five minutes it's not the quantity of our words um it's uh, that that matter uh, matters to god i think it's the quality of our faith i think you know you can have a lot of faith and pray for five minutes and move mountains then you know try and say all these words and pray for hours uh but you don't have faith uh in god so i really believe this is how i pray you know, I start the day, I may pray for 10 minutes and then uh, I get on with my day and then I pray for another 20 minutes. I, I, I pray throughout the day. It may be short sentences. It may be, you know, full on for 20 minutes. But I really believe start where you are. Keep building on it. Don't give up. Make, make it a discipline, a daily discipline. Uh, my best advice is pray with others as well. Uh, you know, on online, we can just connect with people. I, I love the fact that now technology, like I can pray with anyone in the world right now. 
uh, you know, it makes it easier for you to connect with uh, with others and pray together. So start where you are. Say, okay, today I'm going to do five minutes. Then take it to ten minutes, fifteen minutes, twenty minutes. Uh, you know, if you if you if you stop and you've missed a couple of days, the key thing is to get back into praying and get into that rhythm. Um, and I think each day you will find you're starting to set new normals and it just grows on you. And I really believe uh, that you can pray throughout the day. It's committing to it. That's the most important thing. That, that's just tremendous advice. And, you know, starting where you are and building on it, turning it into a bit of a, you know, a daily discipline. And of course, when God answers a prayer, it encourages you like nothing else, yeah. doesn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. I used to meet amazing leaders that used to say, oh, I pray for an hour or two. Um, and, and to be honest, for me to sit in one place, uh, I'm an extrovert. I like to keep moving. I like talking to people. <laughs> and uh, so I'm like, man, the thought of just being in one place for an hour, <laughs> it used to drain me thinking, oh, no. <laughs> so I, I, I just, so I used to go, I, like now I take my son, my one-year-old boy for walks. Um, I put him on the pram, take him for a walk. But I'm praying as I'm walking. I, you know, I love to go to the beach and walk down the beach and I'm praying, I'm moving. So I think you've got to enjoy it. You've got to make it enjoyable because you're talking to God. It's a conversation with God. So I, I personally think build on it, be creative um, with it. God, God, God doesn't expect us to be boxed inside a room and to be boring and you know, sometimes you don't even have to say anything. Prayer is listening to God and saying, hey, God, what do you want to say to me? And I just think you've got to enjoy it, not endure it. Are there any kind of key biblical characters or passages that have really inspired you in your journey of faith? Yeah, it's a great question. That um, Lately, God's been really speaking to me about Abraham in the Bible. Um, he's a man of faith. Um, actually, Abraham and Sarah. Um, and God's been really taking me back to this verse in the book of Proverbs 3, 5, which we've heard so many times. Um, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not rely in your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Um, and I love Abraham because God called Abraham to step out by faith. Um, and it just blows my mind when I look at his life. He's a man of faith. Uh, and God called him to step out by faith without giving him any details, any um, any assurance of 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 his future, what it looks like, or anything. God just said, "Step out by faith. I want you to go. Trust me." And I just think it's it's incredible. Abraham um, he takes the step of faith, trusting God, and, and I really believe that um, for me personally, I'm just reading a story thinking and meditating on it, I think often God will call us to step out by faith. Um, and I think our job is to take the first step and trust him for the journey. And it's his job to work out the rest. Um, and, and I've been really um, pondering on this. Um, you know, if we do the ordinary, God does the extraordinary. Um, often we say, God, you do the extraordinary uh, and then I'll take the step of faith. But no, I think it, it happens when we take the step of faith we take that, uh, you know, uh, we do the ordinary, he does the extraordinary. We do the natural, he will do the supernatural. And I really believe that um, as men, uh, we need to keep taking steps of faith, trusting God. Even though we don't know all the details, uh, we can't see all the I's dotted and all the T's crossed. I really believe God, God sees the big picture. God's calling us to take steps of faith and trust him. Um, not trust man or our own plans or our own agendas. 
I think all of us need to take taking steps of faith uh, and trusting God for the journey. Uh, that that's a that's great. What, that, that's speaking to me. Yeah, no, that, and that that's fantastic to hear that. And I, I really kind of identify with what you're saying there. And I, I, you know, something stirs in my heart when I hear you talk about taking steps of faith. Do you think? Do you think that blokes need to take more risks in God these days? Have we become yeah. a bit anemic? Yeah. Do you think? Absolutely. I think um, we're living, um, especially with my generation, where I'm seeing. Uh, uh, I think a lot of the times people reason with God. We want to know all the details. We want to have all the um, questions answered before we take steps of faith. Uh, but I really believe if you look at all the Bible characters did, who did incredible things for God, man, they all took risks. They stepped out by God. They trusted God. Uh, and I really believe that as men, as Christian men, I really believe that we need to model to the next generation faith. Um, and faith is absolutely taking risks. But obviously, you've got to be wise. You've got to hear from God. You know, you can't just do whatever you like and blame God for it if it doesn't work out. I think you need to hear God's voice and you need to talk to trusted voices in your life and the voice of wisdom. Uh, but I really believe that um, I look at incredible heroes in my life man, they're all risk takers. Um, I talked about uh, the pastor who started, Luke um, Bro, who started our church here in Auckland. He stepped out by faith with $10. And today, uh, you know, it's across eight locations. Man, you know, he, you step out with what you have. And my mom and dad, uh, they left Sri Lanka. Uh, I mean, we arrived in New Zealand with two bags. And I look at what God's done in my life the last 22 years. Um, you know, we've seen God's faithfulness because my mom and dad took steps of faith. Uh, it didn't make sense to some of my relatives and some of the people in our lives, but they took steps of faith. So I want to model that to my children, that I want them to be men of faith, because um, if you look at it through eyes of fear, you will never step out. Uh, if you look at it through eyes of faith, you will step out. It's incredible, Nick, if you look at um, Caleb and Joshua and the other 10 spies, it's amazing. They all went to the same land. They walked on the same place, uh, places. They saw the same things, but they came back with negative uh, reports and positive reports. Two had positive reports. I really believe it all comes down to perspective. Uh, and I think Caleb and Joshua, they looked at it through eyes of faith. And I think men, we need to have eyes of faith, not eyes of fear. Uh, you know, eyes of faith says God is on our side. We can do it. Uh, and you will be a risk taker. If you look at it through eyes of faith, if you're trusting God. Yeah, that's that's brilliant. And, and just as you were talking there, I was mindful of the, the flip side of that, which is when, you know, when Zechariah is doubtful or skeptical of yeah. God's ability to give yeah. Elizabeth, you know, uh, give Elizabeth a baby in her old age. And he kind of yeah. questions the angel, doesn't he? Um, and then and then yeah. the, the angel gets kind of a little bit short with him and a bit irritated and says, listen, well, you know, God's able to do what he likes. And because you've doubted me, you're now going to be, you yeah. know, mute and dumb for a while. And it's almost as though if yeah. you don't step out in God, um, it's going to have a negative effect if you don't. You know, it's like a, you've got to follow him and yeah. chase him because if you don't, it kind of it dampens things down for you in quite a negative way. Would you think that's a true thing to say in your experience? Absolutely. I think. Um, when I think you've got to pay attention to your words, what comes out of your mouth, um, when you, especially when you take when you're stepping out by faith. Um, I think if if you let fear 
control you and dictate your thinking, next thing, what, what happens is you are starting to doubt uh, and then you're starting to speak words of doubt and negativity. I, I do the exact opposite. The moment I feel doubtful, I, I make uh, declarations of God's promises, God's word, um, because I want to change my words because my words shape my world. And uh, because the Bible says out of the uh, overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So I want to make sure my mouth and my heart are aligned and they're saying the same thing. So I really believe your words matter. So, I, I, you know, Zechariah, you see that, you know, he lost the ability to speak. And I really believe um, the moment you are feeling doubtful, uh, that's the time either you, you declare the promises of God or, or you need to be still and know that he is God. That's brilliant. I love that. And I think that's incredibly encouraging to guys. And, you know, guys who are listening, if you are stuck, the, the, this, what Boyd is saying is the solution to that is to, is to speak out God's promises, speak out God's words, speak out his truth over your life. I just love that, Boyd. That's brilliant. Um, so I, I want to do something a little bit uh, that, well, it's part of our kind of standard thing that we do on the podcast. Um, I've got this random generator. Right. And what it does, it, we spin the wheel sure. and um, it comes up with categories. Yeah. Now, uh, the categories are all things you can speak into, but the deal is you have to speak into it on the spot. Um, so I'll spin the wheel sure. and I'll tell you what the category is and you can have a go. And it's things like, you know, um, journey or car or brand or app, you know, different things. And I'll tell you what the category is when it comes up. You up for that? Is that okay? Yep, sure. I, I, I have no idea what, it, what this game is about, but I'll give it a go. Yep, you're a good man. Well done. And great to hear that after talking so uh, so convincingly about risk. Uh, you're a good man. Well done. So l- l- let's give this a go. Um, it should just make a little spinning noise. Sure, just to clarify, so you'll tell me what the category is. I will. i to say something about it. I will. And the first one that's come up is event. So what you what I would ask you to speak into is it could be like a life event that uh, impacted you or it could be an actual event yeah. you went to like a gig or maybe there was a church conference. So something around an yeah. event that was, um, you know, either memorable or fun or something that spoke to you. It can be anything around anything to do with an event, basically. I would say uh, it will be Hillsong Conference 2003. Uh, it would be one of the most defining moments of my life. I encountered God in a way like never before. And to be honest, um, if I look back to that moment, most of what I'm doing, God just kind of like downloaded into me at that event. What happened? I always had a desire to be a pastor um, and always loved church and serving God and serving people. And I really believed um, when I went to that conference, God just opened my eyes and gave me a glimpse of my future. And and, and to be honest, after that conference, doors just started to open for me. Uh, When I came back, uh, my boss resigned and I was only 22 years old at that time. The church promoted me to become the worship pastor I think I was the youngest staff member to be uh, leading a team uh, of a church that size. Uh, And then just things started to happen so quickly. As soon as I came back from that conference, God just kind of like opened doors. It was just like like a burning bush encounter for me. Do you know what I mean? Like Moses had that burning bush encounter and boom. Like I remember every session – Every worship session to every preaching, I was just blown away uh, being in that atmosphere of faith and 
just the worship and the teaching. And I, I was just a young, young, I mean, 22 years old at that time or 21. I just remember God just like, wow. I was like, I kind of said, God, I'll serve you for the rest of my life. It doesn't matter. I don't care what I do. Boom. It was a life changing <laughs> event for me. Absolutely incredible, boy. That's just so so exciting to hear. You know, my, I'm, my spirit is quickening to hear the enthusiasm and the excitement that you you felt. Uh, you know, uh, back in that time, that's yeah. just tremendous. Really, really great. Um, I think I think we all need a burning bush encounter, and we do when we when we seek God, when we go earnestly after Him. I want to encourage every man listening to this: pray, God, I want to have that burning bush encounter with You, just like Moses. And I'll tell you, it's life changing. Oh, that's awesome. Um, do, you, do you mind having another go at the random category? See if we get yep, a different one? Yep, yep, yep. Great stuff. Let me spin the wheel and see what we get. And we have got... Oh, a game this time. So this could be um, this could be a game that you play or a game that you watch. Uh, it can be a sport. It can be a, a game <laughs> like a game you play on a console. Anything, anything you want to around a game. The first thought that comes in my mind about a game Boyd. and I know I'm talking to men Boyd can yeah. I um, can I contact you back again because the, the, the sound's gone distorted sure. again do you mind it's just quickly remote. that's very yeah. kind thank no you sorry about that is that still yeah. cutting out no that's really clear now much clearer it seems to just sort okay. of fuzz out at times so um, yeah just talk us through you were talking oh. us through a game so I know I'm talking to men and this game is not going to st- um, sound manly Nick uh, but my son on his iPad has this game, this app called Cooking Fever. I don't know if you've ever played this. <laughs> Cooking Fever? No, um, I haven't, no. Cooking Fever, it's basically you are running a restaurant and people come and eat at your restaurant. So the more burgers and more hot dogs you cook, the more money you get, and then you can upgrade your kitchen. I just played it once, but I'm, I'm addicted to it. And then I get really... <laughs> frustrated if I lose customers and it drives me crazy but my wife and my six-year-old son they think it's crazy uh, that I get angry and frustrated <laughs> and they think I turn grumpy um, when I play Cooking Fever so they they have banned me from playing this game at home because they, they ever catch me they're like no you can't play it you get grumpy when you play this game so yeah there you go I know it doesn't sound manly but it's a great game Oh, that sounds hilarious. I, I, I think I suffer from uh, like a bit of an inner game addict problem as well. You know, I get to a certain point in some <laughs> games and I, I just know it's bad for me and I have to stop, you know. Oh, that's hilarious. So that's <laughs> cooking just, fever. I'm just laughing yeah? because I'm, I'm just laughing because I'm, I kind of feel like I've lost my man card because I'm talking to a bunch of men about cooking fever. <laughs> <laughs> now, what's going to happen, Boyd, is that lots of guys will go, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll give that a quick go. So you're kind of spreading you're spreading the addiction around the globe. There we go. It's so, a great, great game to play during lockdown. Oh, superb, yeah. Um, Boyd, it's been absolutely fantastic to chat to you. I really have enjoyed our conversation. I've just got one more request to ask you, actually. Um, sure. Would you mind uh, praying for the guys listening as we close? Is that yeah. all right? Fantastic. Thank you for having me, Nick. I'm honoured that I get to do this with you guys. I love BCC. I hope I was supposed to be there in May, and I'm hoping I can be there soon and love Mark and Kathy and you and your incredible family. So let's pray together. Um, Father, I thank you for every person listening to this podcast right now. Uh, God, your word says when two or three are gathered in your name, you're in our midst. And God, I can be in New Zealand, Nick, uh, and the men listening to this podcast in the UK. 
But God, you are with us every step of the way. You are everywhere. So, Father, I pray, uh, Lord, that you will uh, inspire uh, and empower every man listening to this podcast. Uh, God, I pray that they will know that their best days are still in front of them. God, I pray that we will be godly men, uh, that we will model faith, um, that, Lord, our children and our grandchildren, Lord, as they look up to us, God, I pray that uh, that they will see uh, us um, the way you want uh, uh, us to be, Lord. I pray for your blessing uh, over every man. Lord, as your word says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. I pray especially for any man right now, Lord, during this COVID season, feeling discouraged, uh, maybe their business uh, is not going well, or they've lost a job, or they lost a loved one. God, I pray, uh, Lord, we declare that you are the way maker, you are the promise keeper, you are the light in the darkness. Uh, God, I pray uh, for your presence, for your strength, uh, pray for your covering, uh, uh, your protection over every family. Uh, we give you all the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen.